Last week, we talked about being planted in praise and worship, and, and we've been talking about being planted and rooted and grounded, especially with this year and the last several years as we've been reflecting from, you know, what's really been going on in our world and our society and the culture surrounding us, and, and now, like, now what do we do? Like, what is the church going to do in 2022? It didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it just does that sometimes. But, but what do we do? What are we doing to be planted in God's word, in worship, and all of these different attributes of who God is? What are we doing? And so today I want to preach from the topic or on the topic of being planted in prayer planted in prayer. How many of you have one of these? Go ahead and throw that up there. If you have an Android user, don't be embarrassed. Just show everybody it's okay. Um, maybe you have a flip phone. I'm jealous, actually. Man, if I could just go back to that Motorola Razor. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm saying? You can karate chop with somebody like, hey, yeah, yeah. Um, but I digress. Uh, man, yeah, these, man, these are awesome. <laughs> like, how many of you put your phone on the cell, on the charger last night? How many, raise your hand. You, can, you don't have to be shy. You raise it up high. Come on, don't be embarrassed. If you don't participate, this doesn't help, okay? Um, <laughs> Yeah, obviously many of you, if not all of you, the majority of you, 99.9% .9 of you, you put your phone on the charger last night. For those of you who did not, you're hanging on by 50% right now, just trying to make it. You look at your phone, 50%, I got that at least to, you know, I don't know, noon. <laughs> if Pastor Weston doesn't make me get on it for any reason whatsoever. M many times when I ask the students to do this on Wednesday night, I typically ask like, hey, put that under your chair. But you know, you guys are responsible, mature adults in here and you wouldn't dare get on social media while I'm preaching. So anyway, you don't have to worry about running down your battery. But I, I say that because every day you plug your phone up on the charger. Why? Because you have a plethora of information. Like in the palm of your hand, you have all this access, all this access to information. You get text messages and, and videos. You get to get on social media. You get to watch the news. You look at all of this stuff, and it's literally in the palm of your hand. And, and we do this because, you know, of what the source gives us. I didn't really mean to make that all dramatic and stuff. It just kind of happened that way. But, but what's crazy is every day you have to plug it up. And, and you can't just plug it into this. That doesn't help, does it? No, no, no. You have to actually plug this end into a power source. Many of you are already going where I've already gone. You get what I'm saying. Here's the thing. If you don't plug your phone into a power source, then this isn't anything more than a paperweight. We've got to get to a place where we plug this into a power source. The problem is we think that with our spirituality and our relationship with Jesus, we don't treat our relationship with Jesus or our prayer life like we treat our phones. You th here, here's the problem. The problem is we think that we can go weeks on end without talking to Jesus and be A-OK. -okay. But if you did that with your phone, come on, somebody. Somebody would be angry in here. You would be, I've got to have information. I've got to know what's going on, Pastor Weston. I've got, listen, you, you take me off social media, 
it's probably the best thing that that can happen for me. But you take me off social media, and I start twitching a little bit. I'm like, what is, what's LSU football doing right now? Are we recruiting anybody? Are we doing anything in the transfer portal right now? I've got to know. Um, Maybe, maybe you're not like that. Maybe, maybe your addiction is Fox News. Uh, maybe your addiction is some sort of other thing. Facebook, hey, all you Facebook users, don't, you, don't be trying to duck and hide. Don't be nudging your, your spouse right now. Listen, we, we all know, we all, we all get it. Whatever your vice is, we understand that we have information at the ends of our fingertips but yet if we don't plug into the source, and the same thing is said of our, our spiritual life, if we're not willing to plug into the source and receive our power from someone who, whose name is Jesus and his word, then guess what? We will run on empty and we will be nothing more than a paperweight. Walking around declaring Jesus, but we have no worth with what we're saying. We've got to get to this place where the word and prayer become our priority. The word and prayer become a priority. Can I tell you that these are not two singularities on their own. They are meant to be coupled together. In fact, Jesus actually said, hey, I am the word, the word made flesh. John is, is describing this. Uh, Jesus came to this earth and he is the word made flesh dwelling among us. So when we read our word, we're actually spending time with Jesus and the words that he said and the miracles that he did. And we're getting an insight to who he is and who he is characterized to be. We need to learn more about who he is. Many of you would not disagree with that statement. But then when it comes to prayer, well, that's when we kind of get awkward. Because prayer, or with, excuse me, reading our Bible, we can actually do that on our own and we don't have to talk out loud. But when it comes to prayer, if I were to ask you, put you on the spot right now, we put the spotlight on you, and I say, hey, can you pray for us today? Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. You'd be like, I don't, I don't want to. But if I, if I come up to you and have a conversation with you, you'd be willing to have a conversation with me. You see, it's hard to have a conversation with somebody that you do, do not know. It's hard to practice something out loud when you don't practice it in private. We've got to get to this place where, where prayer and reading our Bible become coupled together. I had a guy stop me outside earlier. He, he couldn't really tell me who said it, but this was a really good statement. He said, one day there was a scholar and he was asked, which one is more important, prayer or reading our Bible? Tell me which one I should do because I want to focus on that. And he goes, which one is more important? Mm, okay, well, you tell me this, and I'll answer your question. Which one is more important, breathing in or breathing out? Both should be coupled together. Bo both should be compounded together. Why? Because when we read our word and we pray together, guys, we become who God has called us to be. Pastor Dylan says it this way. I love it. Prayer is not a supplement. It's a compliment. They should be coupled together. In order to be grounded, rooted, planted firmly in who Jesus is and who he's called you to be, it's going to take us praying more consistently. I've heard this question more times than not. Uh, in fact, two questions, and I want to help answer these questions today for us. Uh, number, number one, this is not number one, but number one, the first question that I want to help answer is, and I get this from students a lot, Pastor Weston, why do I pray? And then the second question would be, 
how do I hear from God? These two questions are mind-blowing. And I'm going to try to help us answer that today. Because, because if we can get this, if we can comprehend and understand this, why we pray, man, get the why behind what we do. And then get the, the position of actually hearing from God. And now listen, I'm not saying when you leave today, oh, after this message, this powerful anointed message, you're going to walk out and you're going to hear an audible voice of God. Prepare yourselves. It's going to be life-changing. Listen, yes, that may happen to you. That would be awesome. If that does, come tell me about it. I'd be sick. <laughs> but that may not happen, and that's okay. Doesn't mean that God doesn't speak. So why do, why do we pray? Let's answer that one first. Number one, why do we pray? So we can invite God in daily. This is why we pray. So we can invite him in. Revelation 3.20 says, for I stand at the door and knock. God wants to be invited in. He's not going to just stand out there all day and say, hey, I'm here. If you want to, no, you just, okay, you're just going to do you then. All right, do you then, boo-boo, do you, right? But he's standing, and, and we have to invite him in. Like, it's going to take action on our part. In fact, the Bible proves this. Watch this. This is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, because if you confess, mind the if, because a lot of times, sometimes we, we don't, or we kind of put it on, on our timing. If, if we confess, but oh, but when we confess, when we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and he is faithful. If we believe in our hearts that, that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. If you believe this, you will be saved. Watch what 1 John chapter 1, verse 19 says. If we confess, man, they like that word, if. If we confess, because again, the choice is ours. We are faced with the choice to choose. But we've got to choose. He's standing at the door knocking, but we've got to go get up off of our lazy tail sometimes, open the door and actually say, oh, yeah, yeah, come on, Jesus. That, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's salvation. That's where salvation starts. But if we don't invite him in, then we just kind of choose to go our own way. Do what we want, say what we want, live how we want to. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive because that's who he is. And he can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So in order to be saved, we have to be willing to open up our mouth. There's that confession. Open up our mouth and invite him in. Guess what? That's prayer. We're praying. In order to have salvation, in order to receive salvation, in order to walk in salvation, it will always, it must always first start with prayer. There is a reason why God wants you to open up your mouth and pray. Now, Prayer is not just for salvation. Prayer is communication. It's, it's going back and forth. It's a conversation. This is where prayer starts. This is where salvation starts is prayer. But we pray to communicate with God. Notice how I drew that out there like Brian Kelly and family, right? We commune, communicate with God. 
Here's the thing. This is point number two. Why do we pray? So we communicate with him personally. That's a big word. Personally. Why? Because he's a personal God. He's not just some stick figure. He's not just some monumental Abraham Lincoln looking, sitting on his throne and saying, bow to me, children. You owe me. (laughs) No. He's a loving father. He's a personal father. He loves you, and he, guess what? He wants to hear from his children. We, we have to communicate with him personally. But, but get this, it all starts with, it starts with salvation, but that's where it starts. It, it can't just end with salvation. Watch this, I, I'm gonna help us understand this. Pastor Chris alluded to it last week. He said this, how can we talk to somebody that we don't have a relationship with? Like, or, or better yet, we say we have a relationship with someone, but yet the only time that we talk to them is when we need something from them. Can, can I tell you, my relationship with my wife started well over 10 years ago. We've been married eight years, and she's looking gorgeous as ever. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> Y'all, I remember, I remember when this started. It started on Facebook when I started stalking her. Um, and, then, and then I got help from her brother who was like, hey, dude. Um, actually, it was from her brother, but it was really from her sister-in-law who was playing matchmaker. Dr. Love over here on the front row. Um, hey, you're single? Oh my gosh. I think Kelsey's single too. She loves Jesus. She's going to school and she lives in Shreveport. Oh my gosh, you should like talk to her. So before I could talk to her, I got to stalk her. I mean, uh, look her up on Facebook. Um, and I, I remember for, for weeks at a time, we were talking on Facebook. This is how we talked for a long period of time because I wanted to waste data on my phone. Um, but I'll never forget, this is our anniversary, the day will live in infamy when LSU actually beat Alabama the 9-6 game, the overtime game. And it was that night as I was watching the game, I said, hey, you know, this, this LSU game and the lack of numbers in this game uh, makes me want yours. Can I have yours? <laughs> That's not at all how I asked, but that would have been cool, right? That would have been creative. <laughs> Didn't think of it that way in the moment. Um, so, yes, she, uh, she gave me her number, and the rest is history. She couldn't keep her hands off me. Uh, <laughs> ayo. Um, and three kids later, here we are. Okay, no, but, but what I love about this is, is it had to start somewhere. It started with me asking her for her number. But yet, I couldn't leave the relationship just as, like, hey, thank you for your number, appreciate that. No, I I have to grow in this thing. It took communication. It took talking to her. It took me wooing her over. It took me buying her flowers and, and, and kisses and chocolates and all this good stuff to get to where we are today. Three kids, eight years later, 10 years of ministry, and we're loving life. This is awesome. But guess what? Can I tell you, we've had a lot of conversations between now and then. What I did to win her over, I have to continue to do to keep her. But how many of you do the opposite with Jesus? Oh, I got salvation? Thanks, God. You're the best. 
And we don't talk to him. We don't try to communicate with him. We don't try to read our Bible because we think we good. I got the relationship. Now I'm good. Now I'm solidified. Now I've got, oh, I've got the ring. No, no, no. It, it doesn't just happen like that. It takes communication. And it takes you actually putting in the work and taking action to have and keep that relationship. You're not just going to lose it, but you can walk away from it. So we've got to get to this place where prayer becomes consistent. Prayer becomes our lifestyle. We're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but prayer is not just something that we do, but prayer is something we are. Like we communicate. We, we're not just doing it. We become people of prayer. You ever have this opportunity, uh, you know, maybe, maybe some of you are entrepreneurs, business owners, things like that in the room. You have a relationship with a business partner, right? The, the only times that you really call a business partner is to communicate about what? Business. You're not going to call your business partner who is providing you with a service and providing you with produce or providing you uh, or distributing something for you uh, so that way like you can make money off of that. Like Those things aren't happening and then all of a sudden you call your business partner up and say, hey, um, how's your family? You want to talk about football? No, no. Like for the most part, that's not really going to happen. For the most part, when you call a business partner, you're talking about business. It is a transactional conversation. The problem is a lot of times we get to a place where we're treating God like a business partner rather than a savior. And our prayers become more transactional than they do transformational. Church, can I tell you, we've got to get to a place where we start approaching God in a way that is unlike any other. It's not a transaction. It's not what he can give me, but rather it's who he can create me to be and who he is for me. I don't have to come to him like a business partner. God says, me, God give me, I can just trust and know who he is because of whose I am. It all comes to a place where prayer is simple communication, transformational communication. I've resourced a lot of this message from a powerful sermon that Michael Todd preached called Pray With Fire. He actually says this in his sermon, the result of prayer should be God being closer to you not something God can provide for you. And we've got to get to a place where I just want to be with him, right? I, I just want to be in his presence. I just want to talk to my heavenly father. God is not some genie in a bottle where we try to rub the magic lamp and hopefully he shows up like Robin Williams in Aladdin and he says, what can I grant you today, my son? Huh, three wishes. No, like I, I don't do that because of what he can give me. I worship him because of who he is. I don't look for what his hand, like give me a handout. No, no, no. I, I, I would just worship him simply because of who he is and what he's done and, and what he continues to be faithful to do. I want to have conversation with him. That means speaking and listening. Not just a monologue, not just like I'm talking to you and, and, and listen, this is, this is yes, I'm, I am making an oration. I am speaking to you, but, but this is really a dialogue. Mono, monologue meaning one, dialogue meaning two. Like we can have a dialogue, we can have a conversation today. Like yeah, for the most part I'm dominating the conversation. But like you can, you can talk back to me, like 
yeah, get it, say that, go there, preach it, white boy, like all that stuff. Like you, we can have a dialogue, but typically a dialogue is speaking and listening. It's, it's talking and, and listening, saying and receiving. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 12 actually talks about this. It says this, then you will call upon me, come to me and pray. You're gonna pray to me, God says. And then he says, I will hear you. Underline that, circle it, put some bright, shiny little glitter things on it, I don't care, but he hears you. When you're crying in your bedroom at night, when you're questioning God, when you're coming up for prayer on Sundays, and when you're asking God why, where, when, what, and you don't know if he's listening, can I tell you, he hears you. It's okay to question. Can I, can I, can I just break down the wall for you today? It's okay for you to question your heavenly father. It's okay for you to ask questions. That's okay. Guess what? He's big enough. He can handle it. He, and guess what? If you're willing to wait, he'll also answer you. The problem is, a lot of times we don't like the answer, and we don't like to wait for the answer. Because we are his children. <laughs> and sometimes we act like children. <laughs> Jesus. Come on. Did I, I just did the Grinch. Like, <laughs> the so. I don't, I don't even put my hands on my hips like a normal person anymore. <laughs> Help me, Lord. First John chapter 5, verse 14 says this. This is the confidence. This is not in your notes. First John 5, 14 says this. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. Like, you can be confident and know that he's approachable. That's what that scripture says. That if we ask anything according to his will, now, now that's the key. You got to underline that. According to his will, not according to yours. According to my will, Lord, I would like for you to grant me with a brand new car. All right, no. According to his will, he hears us, the Bible says. And then verse 15, it says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for. Listen, in our culture and society, we are really good at drive-by prayers. Come on, when you pull up at Wendy's, you don't want what they're offering in a special. Like, sure, you'll listen, but you don't care. Hey, today we have a special on baked potatoes and chili. Would you like, no, I want a number one with a Coke. Take off the pickles. Um, Okay, you don't have to be so angry. I'm just hungry. I'm fasting. Um, uh, no, don't say that. Don't do that. But, but you go to a fast food restaurant because you want it like now. It's convenient for your schedule, right? Come on, come on, parents. You're driving through McDonald's. I need some chicken nugs, some french fries, and a Sprite or two. Help me. Somebody help me and make it in five minutes or less. Thank you. God bless you. I have three children screaming at me, all right? You, you go through a fast food restaurant because it's convenient. It's, it's quick. It's easy. It's, and you don't even have to get out of your vehicle. We're really good at fast food prayers, instant prayers, like crock pot prayers. Like you just put it in there, let it cook and let it do its thing and then just come back later and ah, 
<laughs> I have to do the work. But, but God, come on, God, God, man, sometimes we just got to get to a place where God just cooks that, you know, that home-cooked meal that takes hours at a time. Come on, somebody, we're all fasting. <sighs> like that, that, mmm, that good old stew that just gets on that back burner and just simmers at a low heat. Yes, Lord. I'm not hungry. You're hungry. <laughs> or that slow-cooked pork tenderloin that you just stick on the grill outside the smoker and you just let it smoke. You wrap that mug in bacon, stuff it with jalapenos and cream cheese. Fast food is good. It's instant. It's convenient. But how many of you know our mouth all started watering when I started talking about that home cook, simmering for hours kind of meal. Listen, God, God wants to God wants to help you. And so many times, because of our culture and our society and what it has taught us, it doesn't always have to be instant. Sometimes you just gotta wait for that savory goodness. But it's when you wait, he honors your waiting. We just want it quick, we want it now, we want it, I've gotta have it. But a lot of times, God just wants us to be still, to stay still long enough for him to speak. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. Many of you probably already know this and you, you're already going where I'm going. Be still and know that I am God. You've heard that before. But watch, we'll, we'll never truly know him until we stay still long enough to hear him. Let me say that again. We'll never truly know God until we're willing to stay still long enough to actually hear from God. Maybe your spouse is trying to talk to you, but you can't slow down in the house enough for them to talk to you. Or maybe you're not even just in tune to listen to them. Maybe you're in tune to something else like that TV. Hey, or your phone. Can I tell you, Jenny Mayo, longtime youth evangelist, she said it this way, be where you are. And a lot of times this, in the same room, you're not where you are, you're where you are. We've got to get to a place where we're willing to be still and know that God is God. We love the idea of, of those quick, got to do it, got to move, I got to have it right now types of prayers. Can I tell you, this really answers that second question, how do I hear from God? We just got to be still. We have to be willing to stay still. In fact, Elijah found this out in 1 Kings chapter uh, 19, verse 11 through 13, Elijah is on the run. He is running for his life because this evil seductress of a woman named Jezebel, who is the queen at the time of that land, has just gotten done killing all the other prophets in the land, and she is trying to hunt down Elijah. Elijah is hiding out in a cave, and God speaks to him in the moment. He says, Elijah, what are you doing? Why, why are you in here? Why are you in this cave? And Elijah just says, God, I'm on the run. Like, don't you, don't you see me, like, where I am? I'm struggling, God. She's, she's going to kill me. And God wants to prove a point. So he goes and tells him, hey, go out on the side of the mountain. I, I want to show you something. And, 
Many of you may know this story. If you don't, basically what happens is this fire shows up and this wind shows up and this earthquake happens, all these different things. And, and, and really what I gather from that, this is not a biblical absolute. This is just my personal opinion. And I feel like it applies in this moment for us today. A lot of times I just feel like, man, we try to make things of God saying certain things that it's really not. Like, in that one moment, the Bible says when the fire came, that God was not in that. Listen, when God speaks to you, it doesn't always have to be flashy. When, 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 God, when God had the, the earthquake happen around Elijah and all this stuff's going on around him and everything's shaking and everything's moving, the Bible says God was not in that. Listen, can I tell you that God's not always gonna, it's not always gonna come in this big, powerful moment all built up and conjured up and, oh yes, I've gotta have this mood, ah. And even this wind comes and blows through that, but the God, then God said, it's not even in that. In this one moment, Elijah has these three experiences and God is not in all of it. A lot of times we associate wind with this mighty spirit of God, this mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? Sometimes it's not always gonna be this over-spiritualized thing, which we like to make it in our physical nature. It's not always gonna be flashy and built up and, and, and all this different stuff. A lot of times God just wants to speak to you in a still, small voice. And that's, what exact, that's exactly what happened for Elijah. A lot of times we hear all the rumbling and bumbling and all this craziness going on around us in our society, in this world, and we look at entertainment and we look at the news and we look at social media and we see all the things that are going on around us and we let that be our voice, we let that be our guide, we let that direct us, we let that be a, a, a light to our steps, we let that lead us, and the problem is we are not leading to the one voice that matters in our life, which is Jesus. A still, small voice. Church, can I tell you that we've gotta be calibrated and aligned to hear him. Like, we have to have our heart and our ears calibrated and aligned to hear him. And everybody has a radio on in your vehicle, or maybe you have one at your, your house, which is kinda of crazy, because nobody really does that anymore, <laughs> for the most part. Alexa, play... Maverick City, thank you very much. Hey, Siri! I just wanted to see if it would happen. Um, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, but many of you, all of, you, all of us, we have, we have a radio in our vehicle, and for the most part, they're all set to the certain stations that, that you love and, and like, you know, if, you know, you know you're a sinner if it's, you know, not, the first one's not on a Christian, you know, station. Um, you get in the car with your pastor, and you're like, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't listen, I wouldn't listen to that. <laughs> I, that doesn't happen, okay? Um... But for the most part, like, you're not getting in your vehicle and turning the knob and dialing it in. You have pre-saved radio stations that you listen to. But, but no, have you ever noticed that if you're trying to find a particular radio station, maybe you're going through another city, or, or, and obviously it's not the same, and, and many of you listen to Air One or K-Love or, you know, K-A-G-A-N, like, whatever it may be for you, but... Uh, 
but you've got to make sure that you get to the right station because one one dot, one decibel, one little thing off, like it's the difference between 89.5 and you listening to some Jesus music and 89.6 and you're all of a sudden in a, 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 an opera, classical music, and it's ah, 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 like, ah. like, I get it, okay? That, but that's the difference. You ever notice how space shuttles, they take forever to launch and, and prepare and plan and all these different things? Why? Because one millimeter off, one centimeter off, when they launch into space, if they are incorrect on their trajectory, they, will, they could be thousands, if not millions of miles off course. Can I tell you, it's finally when we calibrate and we align and we posture ourselves to actually receive what God would have us to hear and what he wants to say to us when we're actually aligned and calibrated and postured to hear what he would have to say, guess what? You'll actually listen. You will actually hear. But when you're not, you won't. It is that simple. But we just gotta get to this place where we say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to listen to you. I'm willing to hear you. Let's be honest. We'll set aside th- time for things that, that take from us, that don't matter to us, but we won't set aside the thing that died for us, which is Jesus. We'll prioritize this. We'll prioritize watching a football game. We'll prioritize the things that, that are most important to us. But yet when it comes to spending time with Jesus and having a conversation with him, well, Pastor West, I can get to that later. Can you? Listen, if God wants to speak to me, I just want to stop what I'm doing and listen. If he's willing to speak, then I'm willing to listen. Pastor Weston, I hear you. These are great thoughts, great principle. I I love where we're going as a church, great direction individually. I'm good to go. But the question often gets asked, can it really be done? I hear that from a lot of teenagers. Pastor Weston, can this, can this really be done in my culture? Can this really be done in this day and age with everything that I'm facing, everything that I'm going through, everything that is going on in the world around me? Pastor Weston, do you know this generation? Have you talked to these kids? They need Jesus. Yeah, obviously, so do you, adults, okay? We all do. <laughs> There's nobody in this room that doesn't need Jesus. The, the problem is we ask that question and we say, can it be done? The answer is yes, but it only comes through prayer and fasting, number three. And this is where we land today. Jesus is talking to his disciples and his disciples have tried to cast out demons, do all these crazy miracles, and, and they're really not having the success rate that Jesus is. And, and they're questioning, they're, they're at a loss, really. They're just trying to figure it all out, and they're saying, Jesus, why can't we see the same results that, that you have? And Jesus responds to them in Matthew uh, chapter 17, verse 20. He says this, oh, this is because of your unbelief. Not that you can't or you won't, but because you, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You see, the problem is you believe that you can heal them instead of believing in me for the healing. The, the problem is we put faith in our prayer 
rather than the person that we're praying to. Jesus, didn't you hear my prayer? I prayed, I asked. No, no, who are you talking to? We've got to get to this place where we understand what Jesus is saying. This is because of your unbelief. For I, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as, gra- as the big of a grain of a mustard seed, then you'll, you'll say to that mountain, move, and it'll be, it'll be moved. It will get out of there. It will move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Oh, come on, somebody. That's when we get up and preach. Hey, yes, Lord. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. I can have faith of a mustard seed. It's only that big, Pastor Weston. It is not very big at all. I can have faith, and that mountain can move. Yes, indeed. But that's not where the Scripture stops. But we get excited about that point. And, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind does not go out. This does not happen. This will not take place except for, except by prayer and fasting. Going back to the word and, and prayer being coupled together, this is as equal, equally as important and as invaluable. You see, Prayer and fasting becomes transformative. It becomes powerful. Watch what James chapter 5, verse 16 says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Listen, when you pray to Jesus, when you confess your sins to Jesus, he's faithful and just to forgive. But when you confess your sins to each other, when you're willing to be open, honest, and transparent with somebody else, what do you feel? Relief. Hey, can I tell you something? I feel so much better. Thank you. Now you just vomited all the weight onto them, and now they're like, oh gosh, okay, all right, thank you for that. Um, I'll pray for you. Um, geez. <laughs> you see, when we confess our sins to Jesus, he forgives. When we confess our sins to one another, that brings healing in our heart. And that's why Jesus created that. But watch this. The scripture continues and it says, the prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Like your prayer is powerful. You, when, when, you, when you pray and you couple that and you sync that with fasting, y'all, like that's, that's some good stuff. A couple years ago, 2018, Kelsey and I, we have reached this place. We had a, a little girl named Camry Marie. She's two years old. And uh, we were trying to grow our family and have another child. And, and it just, man, nothing was working for some reason. Like, just weren't getting pregnant. And it didn't happen as quick as it did with Camry. We began to question and, and even get like spiritual about it, like, God, what's going on? Like, is it something that we're doing? Is it something that we're missing? Is, is there something medically going on with, with us? Many of you, you can empathize. And we began to pray and try to figure this whole thing out and searching for answers that we weren't getting answers to. And I never forget, come September, we were about to, as a staff, go to Empowerment Conference. 
which is a powerful conference over in Houston, Texas. We go every year and, and we fast as a church in beginning of January, but this particular, uh, you know, going before this conference, this particular year, Pastor Chris started this thing. He's like, hey, going into Empowerment Conference, we're gonna fast a week before we go because we're believing God to do like mighty things in us as a staff so we could bring it back to the church and, you know, God can do some crazy stuff, which is actually really cool because he did. That conference was the same conference that God spoke to Pastor Megan about and now we have a school. Like God's doing some cool stuff, it's awesome. But watch this, Kelsey and I go and we're, we're obviously fasting congregationally for things, but, but personally, we, this was something that was on our heart and we felt like, like it was time, like the timing was right and, and we just couldn't figure it out. Like God, it, is there something wrong with us? I'll never forget, come October, after praying and fasting in the month of September, we found out we're pregnant with our second child, Kinley May, right? And that was a cool moment because, um, man, this had been a long time coming and we were, we were really trying and um, this happened for, I mean, five months, four, four to five months that this wasn't going on. But, but here's where the questioning came in because it was in that pregnancy that we ended up finding out that Kinley was diagnosed with Down syndrome through this, this test that they do. Many of you know medically, if, if you understand, um, you know, some of those tests kind of are erratic and they're, they're up and down. And so this pregnancy now became really crucial. And there were other things that we would go about doing. Well, of course, fast forward, Kinley's born and she doesn't have Down syndrome. And that was, that was a, a praise the God moment. But, but can I tell you, even if my daughter did have Down syndrome, Hey, baby, we're going to take care of that little girl no matter what. And she is perfect just the way God made her. But I was thankful that, that my daughter was, was great. But then, but then other medical complications happened. She was diagnosed with this, this medical condition called torticollis. Her, her neck muscles weren't as strong on one side, and so her head leaned. And so she had to wear this specialized hat that kind of weighted it to the other side. And all these different complications that we were just like, God, we fasted for this. We prayed for this. Like, why, why are all these things going on, all these complications, all these, like, you, you said that you would send and you did, and, and now we're having all these, what, what happened? You see, the problem is when we pray and we fast, we want it the way we want it, but we're not willing to accept when God answers the prayer the way he does. And can I tell you that even when my, even when my God answered, and we have a little girl in that toddler room back there who's almost three years old, that even when we were going through the seasons of not knowing if we would have her, and we did, and he showed up in a mighty way and he gave us a daughter, we were thankful. And guess what? Even when we got a bad report or a negative report, we were still thankful and we still prayed and we still fasted. And guess what? Even when we got another negative report, even when we were told something else, guess what? We still prayed, we still fasted. It didn't matter what the answer was. It just mattered who my God was. And I know that no matter what I go through and no matter matter what I face, if I'm willing to pray, if I'm willing to fast, if I'm willing to dig in and I'm willing to disconnect from the world, then my God will show up like he always has and like he always is faithful to do. 
but I've got to be willing to have the conversation with him. Sometimes God doesn't answer the way that you want him to or the way you like him to. But have you ever thought about the fact that you're praying to a heavenly father and he answers? God, I don't care how you answered. I'm just thankful that you did answer. I'm just thankful that you gave us a child that is healthy, that loves us, that cares for us, that walks in the room and brightens it up by the simple sheer fact that she can smile and loves everybody around her. God, that's what I'm thankful for. When you show up, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Prayer is not a wish list, it's a weapon. Are you willing to use it, church? You see, prayer on its own is beneficial, but prayer coupled with fasting is powerful. And it captures the heart and the attention of our God. Camry, our five-year-old, she's very particular about what she does when she comes home. She's got a routine, she's got a schedule. She comes home, she goes and washes her hand. She washes, which by the way, should be a routine for all our children, hello. Do you know what's going on in the world around a sickness, illness? Wash your hands. Okay, I digress. Step off right there. She washes her hands. She changes out of her school clothes. She changes into something comfy. Can I get an amen? That's what's going to happen after church today. We're just going to get in our jammies and we're going to chill next to the fire on this cold, frigid day. All right? Maybe enjoy some hot cocoa. Nope, never, never mind. That's after the fast. Um, going to enjoy some water. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna do all those things Camry does it she she gets in something comfy and she does one or three things one of three things she watches her iPad goes outside and plays with her neighbor friend Easton she has fun with him hanging out they they play on all the jungle gyms we have a park between our two houses between me and my neighbor literally a jungle gym like it's it's all happening so if y'all want to send your kids um wait don't because I'm not responsible okay so so she goes, she'll go outside or play, she'll watch her iPad, she'll eat cereal. She's got all this stuff that she wants to, she'll play with Barbie dolls. Like she's got all this stuff that she loves to do. It's her favorite thing. But can I tell you, if my daughter after school Tuesday shows up and says, Daddy, instead of doing anything else, can I just sit with you? Can I watch Encanto with you? Daddy, can, I just want to be with you before she does anything. If, if she were to, to not do her most favorite thing in the world and put that aside for five minutes to just spend time with her daddy, can I tell you what that does for the heart of a father? Can I tell you that God in heaven, your heavenly father is no different. When you're willing to fast and sacrifice your most favorite thing, to just be in the presence of a heavenly father and say, God, I don't care if you speak. I don't care what I have to say. Lord, I just wanna be in your presence. Just to be with you, that's good enough for me. I wanna encourage you, church, to make this a part of your consistent lifestyle, to pray to Jesus every day and to grow in it. Listen. I've been praying a long time. Pastor Chris has been pray praying a long time. He sounds like a professional prayer. Like he can do it competitively if he wanted to. Like he just doesn't breathe. Like it's like, what are you doing? But guess what? 
You don't have to pray like that. You can pray like you. In fact, the disciples said, Jesus, how do we pray? And he said, simple. Heavenly Father, I love your name. It doesn't have to be, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. O Lord, thy will be done. No, King James, you don't have to talk like that either. Just talk like you're having a conversation with me. Like you're having a conversation with anybody else. Just make it, make it practical. Make it personal. Open your mouth. When, it, when we choose to sacrifice and fast the things that we love most for the person who loves us most, that's transformational. I'll end with this. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves. Just take time to just, you can just humble and pray and seek my face. Oh, watch this. And turn from their wicked ways. That's fasting. When we're willing to disconnect and get away from all the things that are distracting us and taking our attention, we can call them wicked. That's what they are. When we turn from our wicked ways, guess what? His response is, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. Notice how he doesn't say, and I will give them what they ask for. I will grant you your three wishes. No, he says, I'll forgive your sin because that's first. And then I will heal their land. Are we willing to show up and ask and have a conversation to plant ourselves deeply in prayer when we're willing to become people of prayer when we're willing to humble ourselves and rid ourselves of things that drown out the voice of God, God says, I hear you, I love you, I can heal you, and I forgive you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, we're gonna put this into practice today. If you sit here and you say, Pastor West, I don't know Jesus like I should. In fact, I, I know of him, but I don't know how to pray to him. I don't have a conversation. I, I don't know how to talk to him or even if he would speak to me. Listen, if, if you put this message and what I've communicated with you today into practice, I promise you, your conversations with him will grow and you'll hear him more. So Lord, right now we humble ourselves and we ask you to have your rightful place in our heart. God, you're standing at the door of our heart, you're knocking. And Lord, right now, for anybody under the sound of my voice that needs to open up the door, I pray that they would do that. Come on, church, right where you are, could you just simply open up your hands in your lap like you're receiving a gift? Jesus, we need you. Come on, if you need Jesus in your life as your Savior, you want to know him more, would you simply repeat after me? We're going to pray a prayer of salvation and a prayer of confession. We're going to start the process. But when you get home and tomorrow, you've got to continue the conversation. Jesus, we love you. I need you in my life. You've knocked long enough, and I am opening the door to my heart. I want you in my life. Take it. It's yours. I repent of my sin. I let go of my past. And Lord, I ask you to have your way in me. Take my life. Make it yours. I love you. I follow you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise.